Not faltering, I dug a hand in my pocket for my cell and dialed 911. A man's voice answered. What is the location of your emergency? Hello, Saint Cemetery, I whispered, jittery. Say again? Hello, Saints Cemetery. Can I have your name and address, please? Through panic-stricken eyes, I noticed a glowing headstone. Someone must have dropped a flashlight. It remained in place, like a beacon. Follow the light. I disconnected the call, and wheeling around, I tripped. Scrabbling upright, I belted down the tracks. It wasn't Henry. It wasn't Henry. Not again. Please, God, not again. This can't be happening. Henry is fine. I ran like a crazed mina bird. The sting in my lungs constricted any decent airflow, and the stitch in my side felt like a knife as I rested beneath a streetlight. To quell the dizzies, I leaned forward and grabbed my knees. Using the sleeve of my hoodie, I mopped my sweaty neck and plucked strands of hair taped to my face. In control and rolling my shoulders, I scouted the familiar road. Tarpon Hill. With a skittery heart, I jogged home. Outside of Henry's Dutch colonial house was his car, but that wasn't unusual. We'd hiked to the cemetery with his pockets stuffed with brew and marijuana. I skidded to a stop, noticing the one shining window on the upper right-hand corner, his bedroom. Not that I'd ever been in his room, but he'd pointed it out more than once, and telling me he sleeps El Nude like I needed to know. Henry beat me home. Did I imagine the scream? A surge of watering eyes blurred the avenue. Over the year, I turned into such a crybaby. Figuring it was past Dad's stupid curfew, I grabbed my phone to check the time, and I wanted to call Henry to chew him out for being such a loser. My cell wasn't in my back pocket. Anxious, I patted the opposite pocket, then my front pockets and hoodie as well. Empty. No cell. Swirling around, I stared down the winding street. Where did I lose my phone? I advanced a step, with brainless thoughts of retracing my path to the scene of a possible crime. Did my phone flip out of my hand after I'd fallen? I didn't remember putting it into a pocket. I couldn't go back. Not now. Peeved, I kicked a rock, sending it flying. Then, clutching my face, I squelched a maddening cry and slogged up the road and across the street to 86 Westgate. Dad had left the side light on, and cracking the screen door, it screeched like an alarm. I flinched. Shucking my sneakers, I padded into the dimly lit kitchen, a dull shine generated from a small nightlight. I aimed for stealth and tiptoed along the hallway to the bathroom, and brushed beer breath and smoke from my mouth. Quiet and feeling home free, I toggled on the lights and jumped out of my skin. A shriek plugged my throat like putty. Seated on my bedroom chair, fingers templed. Dad. I can't handle this, Leocadia. He pinched the bridge of his nose in exasperation. I can't be worrying about you night after night. Wondering if you're all right and coming home in one piece. I'm sorry, Dad. Really, I am. We were fooling around and lost track of time. I'm sorry. You kids always know the time. 
He eased off the cushion using the armchair for leverage. Your cell phones are practically glued to your hands. Not anymore. He'd rip me a good one if I say I lost my phone. I said I'm sorry. It won't happen again. It will. You know it will. He lumbered and planted a kiss on the crown of my head. I can't lose you too. He sighed and left my room. His painful reminder was more than I could bear, triggering tears to trample over my face. I just might have been a witness to a crime, and the anniversary of Mom's murder crept closer every day.